podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Water Liverpool fans losing their shit over today podcast. I'm Dave Hendrick, here to bring you the latest in Liverpool-related meltdowns. So, today, we have not one, but two causes for Liverpool fans to have meltdowns. First things first, let's address Michael Edwards. There is a report, and I'm using the word report very, very loosely, on Football Insider, or Footy Insider 24-7, that states that Michael Edwards is close to agreeing a move to Manchester United. Uh, Let me be the first to say, I don't think there's any truth in this at all. I think Michael Edwards has a real affinity for Liverpool, and I don't think he would work for Manchester United. I don't think he would work for the Glazers, who fundamentally go against everything he believes in, in terms of how to run and operate a football club. I don't think he would want to work with people like John Murtaugh, who's the football director and likes to interfere in things. I don't think he would like to work with Darren Fletcher, the technical director, who nobody really seems to know what it is that he does. And I don't think he'd like to work with Richard Arnold, the CEO of Manchester United, who is, by all accounts, a bit of an idiot. So, I don't put any credence in the report, and again, using that word very loosely, that Michael Edwards is going to go to Manchester United. Michael Edwards, when he was leaving Liverpool in the summer, told everyone he was taking a year out to spend with his young family, and that he might not come back to football that he might look for a different field of challenge. There's been some reports that he has interest from teams in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, where analytics are even even more prevalent than they are in football. He's been linked to at least one NHL team. There has also been mention of his name and the Pittsburgh Penguins, so that would be a second NHL team, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are, as people should know, owned by John Henry and Fenway Sports Group. So I don't believe Edwards would go to United. I think if he was looking to jump back into football, he would go to Chelsea, because while Todd Bowley is a bit of a buffoon, he does want to install a very similar structure and way of operation to what FSG have done at Liverpool. Ignore the big splashy spend this past summer. 
and potentially next summer. They are borrowing money left and right against future earnings. But when things settle down there, they are going to have to go into a self-sustaining model because that club loses money every year. Chelsea have lost money every year since basically the 1970s. You have to go back to the 1970s to find the last time that club was a legitimately feasible business. Remember, Ken Bates bought the club for a pound because they were in so much debt. And when Ken Bates sold the club to Roman Abramovich, they were on the brink of administration and potentially liquidation. So he bought the club in 1982 and he sold it in 2003. And during his tenure, they lost money all the time. Clearly, since Roman took over, they've lost money every single year. And obviously, if he's buying the club for a pound in 1982, they've been losing money for a significant period of time. So Todd Bowley's not going to have that. Clear Lake Investments, they're not going to allow that. They haven't invested their money. And remember, Todd Bowley is largely just a figurehead. The main bulk of that money, the main bulk of the ownership is with Clear Lake. And they're not in it to fulfill Todd Bowley's fantasies about playing football chairman. They're in it to make money. So Edwards would fit perfectly into the model that they want to put in place. Now, as is the usual way, certain people who like to just take shots at the ownership for whatever it is that meets their fancy on a particular day have decided that Michael Edwards left the club because of a disagreement with the ownership over spending. That's not the case at all. He did have disagreements with the owners over certain things, but that's not why he left. He left because he was worn out. And he left also because he felt he was being marginalized, but not by the ownership. People are looking in the wrong direction. There is someone partially to blame for Michael Edwards leaving, but he's not a member of the ownership. I don't think he'll take the United job. I think it's nonsense. This is the same outlet that was getting absolutely abused last week for lying that Gerard had been sacked four days before he was sacked and got called out by the director of communications at Villa. So just don't put any credence into Football Insider because it's nonsense. It's a nonsense. Nobody, nobody has insight at every club. Nobody. Not Romano, not any of the other transfer spoofers, not this gobshite. The only person that has legitimate contacts at a lot of Premier League clubs is Ornstein. But it's more through agents than sources at the club. So unless Ornstein comes out and says it, or someone respected who covers United, just ignore it, because it's nonsense. Also nonsense, by the way, 
crying about the lack of a club doctor. Can we just stop, please? Can we stop? Name me the club doctor at Man United. Name me the club doctor at Chelsea. Name me the club doctor at Spurs. People making out like the club doctor runs the entire medical side of things. No, he doesn't. He just doesn't. He's also got nothing to do with injury prevention. Absolutely nothing to do with injury prevention. Works on the recovery side. Club doctor works on the recovery side, not the prevention side. No club doctor in the history of Liverpool has ever worked on the injury prevention side, ever. The second cause of meltdown. Wow. It's wonderful. It's Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham apparently, according to some reports, favours a move to Real Madrid. Borussia Dortmund are looking at a price of over £100 for Jude Bellingham, which for me is well above what he is worth as a player right now. And I think it's Jason Burt in the Telegraph who isn't very reliable, isn't very good, certainly not on anything Liverpool-related. He has said Liverpool are losing ground in the race for Bellingham. Now, personally, I'm happy enough for us to lose ground in the race for Bellingham. I'm perfectly happy for us not to be in the race for Bellingham. As, As fantastic a player as I think he will become, we need more than one midfielder. And Jude Bellingham would swallow our entire summer budget. The whole thing would be done. You might get one or two cheap signings in on top of it. You're not going to get what we need. Jude Bellingham does not fix the problems in our team. He does not fix the problems in midfield. And I feel like that price could push towards 120 million by the time this season and the World Cup are all said and done. Because the form he's in at the moment, he's in the best goal-scoring form of his life. Now, last season, he had a great great season in terms of uh, assists. This season, it's more in terms of goals. But I feel with Jude, the price is just going to go up and up. Um, Real Madrid certainly won't have any issue paying it. City wouldn't have any issue paying it. And let's be fair, if you were Jude Bellingham and you were looking at going to Real Madrid playing with that group of players and being with a group of midfielders like Chiuameni, Camavinga and Valverde and playing with the three of them for the long term behind Vinicius Jr. and likely Erling Haaland in the long term to replace Benzema, I think you'd do that. I I do think you'd do that over anything else. Um... Like, what are our equivalent to Chiuameni, Carvalho, uh, Chiuameni, Camavinga and Valverde? Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott and Fabio Carvalho or Basetic? I mean, the levels there are absolutely incredible. 
absolutely staggering. Liverpool would be better off turning that Jude Bellingham money into two midfielders. They would be better off using that money to get, say, Enzo Fernandez and Quadio Kone or Manuel Ugarte in the summer. That's after signing Caicedo in January, which needs to happen. They need to get him in January. Moises Caicedo is exactly what this team needs, far more than Jude Bellingham. Moises Caicedo is that Ginny Wijnaldum-Fabinho hybrid who can be a six or an eight, who can give you that defensive solidity, blocks off passing lanes, big engine, great capacity for pressing, fearless in the challenge, relentless in his defensive work, super intelligent for a player of his age, phenomenally intelligent. Moises Caicedo in January and then Enzo Fernandez plus one of Kone and Ugart. Bringing in those three, that solves Liverpool's midfield. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. And if Klopp wants to go back to 4-3-3, which some people are firmly in the belief that he does, if he wants to go back to playing the type of football that won Liverpool the league title, that won Liverpool the European Cup, that high-tempo, front-foot, aggressive football, then a midfield three of Caicedo on the left in the Wijnaldum role, Fernandez as a six, not as strong defensively as Fabinho, but very good defensively and a lot better on the ball than Fabinho, even though Fabinho is very good on the ball. Enzo is elite. And then either Ugart or Kone on the right of that midfield in that Henderson box-to-box role. Those three as a unit would be very, very strong. You could rejig it a little bit if you wanted to replicate what I believe is the best midfield we've seen under Klopp, which was Ginny on the left. Again, it's Caicedo. Fabinho, you could play Ugart there or Kone there. They're both naturally more sixes than eights. They have played as an eight a lot, both of them. Um, Ugart plays in a double pivot for sporting alongside generally another defensive midfielder and they just take turns. One sits, one goes. Kone plays a lot of his football with Florian Newhouse, who's a sitting holding midfielder who has a good range of passing, uh, more a controlling midfielder from deep. And Kone is the one that goes and breaks up play. 
but both of them can play as a six either. And then Enzo on the right, a la Thiago Alcantara, because that Ginny, Fab, Thiago midfield, that 10-game run at the end of the 2021 season, that was some of the best midfield play, if not the best consistent midfield play we've seen from a Liverpool team. Those three were exceptional together. Thiago controlling, prompting, creating, Fab and Ginny just doing the dog work, setting that platform, allowing both fullbacks to bomb on, allowing Thiago to play between the lines. Enzo could do what Thiago did. And then the other two, because Caicedo and either Kone or Ugarte, they could do what Ginny and Fab did. Of course, you bring in those three, you still have Fabinho, you still have Thiago. You've got five exceptional midfielders. And frankly, you play any combination of the three, you're going to have an exceptional midfield. You'll also have Henderson there because he's under contract. Jones will likely be there because I, I just I don't see him leaving. I think Klopp quite likes him. So you'd have seven midfielders for your three spots. But most importantly, you'd have three who aren't injury prone. You'd have three who aren't 30 plus. In fact, you'd have four who aren't 30 plus, including Curtis. And yes, they're all young. But as football players, they're grown-ups. They've played a lot of football in their careers. Far more than Curtis, for example, has in his, despite the fact that Curtis is a year older than them. That would be a much better solution to our midfield than Jude Bellingham and nothing else. Jude is, is an outstanding player. And maybe, maybe individually he becomes better than those three. But right now, if you watch him play and you watch Enzo Fernandez play, Enzo Fernandez is the better player. And it isn't particularly close. Like, it isn't particularly close. Enzo can do most of what Jude can do and a whole lot more. Jude can't do half what Enzo can do. Enzo's better defensively. He's a better passer of the ball. He's a better dictator of play. Jude's a better ball carrier. Enzo strikes the ball a lot more cleanly. Takes a better set piece. Enzo is what we missed out on in Bruno Gomerish, but potentially a better player. And if anyone has watched Gomerish since he arrived at Newcastle, he's already one of the best midfielders in the league. And this is what gets me. We get people who who want to dismiss players that haven't been in the league long enough. Bruno Gomerish walked into the league and day one was, you know, one of the best midfielders in the league. It's not just him. Moises Caicedo did it as well. Caicedo, from the minute he got in that Brighton team, was absolutely dominating top six teams. Oftentimes with little help. But you watch Brighton play, and if he doesn't stand out to you, you don't know what you're watching. Simple as that. That kid is so special. There's no need to have a meltdown about Jude Bellingham. There really isn't. The need to have a meltdown will come if we don't sign minimum two, but ideally three midfielders in the summer. 
Now, if we're going to stay 4-4-2, then two is fine. Then you have Enzo and Moises. They'd be the two to go and get. Moises in January, Enzo in the summer. But we'll need someone to play on the right-hand side because Mo has to go through the middle with Darwin. Diaz left wing. Carvalho and Jota can be the backups up front. We need to buy a backup left winger. I've said before, I've said it a couple of times on this, Will Zaha would fit the bill perfectly. We need a starter on the right-hand side. It can't be hard. He's not nearly good enough yet. Not if we want to be a serious contender. Now, the in-house option that would suit best would be Trent, but that would mean we need to buy a right-back. Now, that might be cheaper. It might be cheaper to go and buy a really good right-back and move Trent to midfield, but it would depend on how Trent makes that transition. That's when you have your meltdown, though, when the players don't arrive. If nobody arrives in January, you have my full authority to go and absolutely run riot. Get your FSG out trending. Get whatever you want going. Because if they don't invest in January and we miss top four, now, it would be typical that they don't invest and the great players in the team, Thiago, Mo, Virgil, drag us over that line. Ali, of course, drag us over that line into the Champions League anyway. And then everybody pats themselves in the back and we get told how fucking clever Liverpool are. But we shouldn't be leaving things to chance the way we did in 2021. We really shouldn't. It is time for them to invest. It is time for some money to be put into this club or just the money we actually earn to be spent where it needs to be spent, which is on the pitch. Every patting themselves in the back. Oh, the new stand. New stands are great. New stands are fantastic and they'll stand the test of time. Training ground, wonderful. But you don't get a trophy for having a stand. You don't get a winner's medal for having a training ground. When Van Dyke and Thiago and Salah and Ali are old men, they want to look back at their medals, not at the fact that they played in front of a new big stand. When Jurgen is being debated... 20 years from now among the elite managers you want to be able to put more silverware to his name not say oh nobody worked in a really nice training ground have you seen it then you go mental if they don't invest in January then you can go mental calm down in October though like there's nothing we can do in October there's no transfer window in October Journalists are trying to fill column inches in October because journalists need to get paid and how they get paid is by filling those column inches. So don't get yourself too wrapped up in nonsense that's going on in October. Don't get yourself wrapped up in Jason Burt in the Telegraph. Don't get yourself wrapped up with Football Insider. Don't have meltdowns about transfers in October. And don't listen to a word that anybody on Football Insider has to say. Whether it's Wayne Vesey 
or one of the other people on the site, who, by the way, are also Wayne Vesey. Oh, this is Peter O'Rourke. Oh, this is even better. Oh, this is magnificent. This is who you're believing? Peter O'Rourke? Oh, this is wonderful. Sky Sports Pete, who Sky let go because he had no sources and was a complete spoofer? Wow, lads. Lads, this is wonderful. This is even better than being one of Wayne Vesey's alter egos. Like, let's look at their other exclusives. Sources. Leads lay groundwork for new manager appointment. There's nothing there that makes sense. Sources. Aston Villa manager set to hold preliminary Vincent Company talks. Burnley boss Vincent Company is a strong contender to become new Aston Villa manager. That was yesterday. They pointed Unai Emery yesterday. You think they were doing that deal in advance? Sources. Brentford braced for Thomas Frank approach. He'd already ruled himself out of the job at that point. This is all nonsense. Absolutely all nonsense. This fella is beyond a spoofer. Lord God. Right, I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, actually, before I go, do check out the writing on This Is Anfield, obviously, and Liverpool.com. But also, more importantly, most importantly, check out the writing on Anfield Index, uh, AnfieldIndex.com. Tony Evans, his first column is up. Make sure you read that. There is an article about Joe Gomez, an article about Fabinho, and an article about Jurgen Klopp, all written by Stephen Smith. And then there is one entitled Gradually Then Suddenly, written by Stephen Callow. Do check that one out. Podcast-wise, we've got a bunch of new ones. There is a new Liverbirds. Make sure you're giving that a listen. There's a new Scouted for the IX game. Um, I forgot that Ox isn't in the Champions League squad, so that's my bad. But I am not a big J journalist. I am merely man on podcast. Carol Matchett is a big J journalist. He should have remembered that Ox wasn't in the squad. So blame Carl for that one. And there is a new under pressure. Dan Kennett, Cy Brundish, Phil Barter and Dan Rhodes talking about West Ham and Forrest. Um, after his one podcast of the month, Gags hand in his back to just spitting in the face of listeners who want to hear him more. Just doesn't have time for you. It's a shocking thing. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.